This podcast is brought to you by JAM, Junction Arts and Media, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Hello and welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier and we argue most important questions. What should you read next? I'm Lisa, co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. I'm Allie. I own Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. I'm Carrie. I'm one of the co-owners of the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont. I'm Emma. I'm one of the co-owners of the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. <laughs> the corner. <laughs> I was going to say, is this a, like an SNL skit? So in my head, my brain was going to start saying Yankee. I am the co-owner. I am from France. <laughs> I'm the, I'm like back to the death, like I'm the corner. I'm the corner. It's like there's all sorts of things that can occur. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try. If I'm you don't keep this in the episode, I'm, I, 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 I quit. That would be really funny. <laughs> I am one of three Emmas at the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. And I'm Sam. I'm the only Sam at the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. Very, very fun. Okay, now that we've managed to get through our introduction. <laughs> if you're a recurring listener, you know that we that each episode answers questions from the audience. So please send us your reading dilemmas to shelfhealthuv at gmail.com or use your preferred social media account to reach any of these three amazing independent bookstores. We do our best, we promise we do our best, to answer all questions in an upcoming episode. And with that, we are jumping into today's question. For this episode, we are answering a question we received from a anonymous source, another anonymous source, on Instagram. But we all agreed we love this question, so please name yourself because we really like this one. I guess that's true. No pressure. Um, what or who to read once you've read all of Lauren Brock? I really liked this question. So we're going to let Emma jump right in and go first. So I have not read all of Lauren Groff, so maybe I'm not actually. There's a lot of Lauren Groff. So first of all, have you actually read all of Lauren Groff? Because I feel like there is a ton of backlist. If yes, I have two books recommended based on the two books of hers that I have read. So you just finished Matrix and you're like, man, I wish I had more nuns in my life. I feel you. It's called Convent Core. Sam made that up. I actually read a book called The Corner That Held Them by Sylvia Townsend Warner. And that was the book for me that I was like, wow, I really want more nun books. And I have since read every single nun book that I can find, which included Matrix. The Corner That Held Them is a reissue from the New York Review of Books. It's pretty long. It's kind of a winding, plotless novel about a medieval nunnery that is utterly engrossing. Like you, I, I don't normally go for literary fiction. I don't, don't normally go for no plot. I loved this book. The nuns that are featured here are political, petty, and extremely lacking in any piety. It is irreverent. It is amusing. It is just one of my favorite books. And I have now had a number of customers come back asking me what they can read that is like this book. And I, I, I don't know. I haven't been able to recommend them anything. I loved Matrix. It was really good, but The Corner That Held Them is definitely my favorite nun book so far. What else is on the nun list? There's Agatha of Little Neon, 
also good, but not as good. Different. Definitely different. Yeah, definitely different. Contemporary convent Right. Horror. So the other Lauren Groff book that I've read is Fates and Furies. I read that years ago now, so I couldn't really remember what it was about, but what stuck with me was feminine rage. Is that accurate for those who have read? The I mean, rage is maybe a little subdued, but it's it's there and burning. Yeah. Yeah. Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder is a fable of motherhood and metamorphosis. I'm not going to tell you much about the plot because I think that it is worth just experiencing. Really focuses on how society often posits motherhood as the sublimation of self. And this book, in response to that, normalizes what I imagine are the riot of emotions endemic in motherhood. It is joyful and disconsolate it is a primal scream of a novel i just loved it and i feel like it didn't get as much attention in hardcover as i wanted it to and paperback's out now so you should go buy it i went back and forth on this one i too love this question i love lauren groff i like i was trying to think about why and what it is that makes lauren groff lauren groff and why i love her writing so much and i truly struggle to put it into words but there's just this like you read a sentence and you're like Lauren Groff wrote that sentence and it's fucking gorgeous and it's also (laughs) devastating and insightful and piercing and all of those things but I don't think that really gets at it so I'm still I'm curious about if others have thoughts about what makes Lauren Groff Lauren Groff but I ultimately was split between two books and because you just said night bitch I'm gonna share both of my books The Need by Helen Phillips. So The Need is about a woman, she's a paleobotanist, and she starts discovering these kind of weird anomalies at this site that she's working on. Meanwhile, her husband goes off, he's out of town, she's with their kids, and she starts to sense this intruder in their house, and she needs to then protect the children, and it just is one of those, like, read it in a few hours, devour it, kind of spooky, a little creepy. It also has a little element of my other kind of favorite thing in motherhood literature is when children or mothers are morphing or potentially morphing into animals. You think that there might be maybe a little bit of that in the need. There's some deer antlers and it's just, it's gorgeously written. It's super primal. It is like deeply affecting. I read it and I was like, oh, yes, that's that's what motherhood seems like it is. The other one I'm realizing now is also about motherhood, so I don't know why I didn't just go with that. Stepping back to this question for a second, totally echo Emma on, are you sure you've read everything? And if you are not sure, double check. She also has short stories that I believe some of which are not collected and you can read them online and she will read them to you. Some of her, I think the recent Paris Review one, there's an audio version of it. And if you have never heard Lauren Groff read, it's amazing. Her voice is just, I love listening to it. So once you've figured out that you have read everything and then you've read all of the stories, I then suggest that you just like read her tweets. (laughs) Elena Ferrante. Her novellas specifically, I'm not suggesting that you go from Lauren Groff to the Neapolitan novels. Her novellas, however, I find them a lot easier to get through, and I think that 
for me, Lauren Groff always feels pretty easy to get to, even as it's so rich. And I think that there's a little bit of that in Elena Ferrante's novellas. And the one that I'm recommending today specifically is The Lost Daughter. It's about a woman who goes on a vacation while her children are away with their dad, and she starts witnessing this other family. It kind of captures that like sensuousness and that honesty about femininity and kind of all of the, I think, Lauren Groff's characters. Something I hear time after time about Fates and Furies is that people didn't like the book because they didn't like a single character in it. And I think that that's something that kind of happens in some of, or what of Elena Ferrante's that I've read as well. I want to push back on, I mean, and I didn't like those characters either, but like, you don't have to like characters, you just be intrigued by them. I totally agree with that, yeah. And that's the thing, I think that's why Fates and Furies is such a good book club book, because I don't think I know anyone who's just like, I didn't really have any thoughts about that book. People love it or they hate it. And they embrace the whole range of human emotion and experience. Y'all have some real strong feelings about uh, Groff completionism. She is an author who who really, I think, hit her stride commercially, maybe with Arcadia and then Fates and Furies was really big. So there is often a, a lack of realization that, that there are previous books on top of that as well. I think there are a lot of people who, who you know, she wasn't as, as big a name at that time. This is actually, I feel like this is a question I've gotten before, you know, and and there are a lot of people who are kind of chasing the high of Lauren Groff, and um, I definitely don't blame them. Thankfully, she's writing more and continues to work. Generally, I like to, if you're in my store and asking what to read next, I, I always recommend pointing you towards some other kind of contemporaries who I think are really similar, like Rebecca Mackay, Rachel Kushner, I think has uh, some corollaries. I've also seen people make the jump from Lauren Groff to Atessa Moshfeg because there are people who, what they one of the things they really love about Groff's writing is her ability to write these just kind of terrible characters who are absolutely fascinating, which is also definitely a, a moshfeg trait. So if that's if that's the thing that makes you tick in in Lauren Groff's writing, that's definitely a thing to look at. I would also like to recommend a novel that I'm not sure I have on the shelves today, but the book is Dana Spiota's 2012-2013 novel Stone Arabia, which is on the one hand a family saga, and on another hand maybe a little bit of a, a detective story, maybe even a ghost story. It follows a woman who is juggling, you know, all of the myriad issues of her career and and relationships, and she's raising a child as well, a young adult, and her kind of eccentric brother has vanished. And as she tries to figure out what has become of him, we learn more and more about their childhood, and she also digs into what he has left behind. And what he is left behind, literally, turns out to be an archive that he has created of an imaginary life as a cult underground musician, starting sometime in the late 70s and going up through his disappearance. Her brother was a musician, was up and coming, disappeared off the scene, and then spent 
the next couple of decades generating magazine copy, reviews, demos, liner notes, fan letters. It goes on and on and on. And as she pieces together this persona that he created and didn't ever share with anyone, she has to reckon with the things that brought him there and that brought them to the place where they ended up in their relationship. It is a spooky book. It is a tender book. It is definitely weird. And I think if you are a person who enjoyed Fates and Furies and that kind of ambiguous fog that hangs over certain parts of that novel where you're not quite sure how to feel and you like it, <laughs> then Stone Arabia might be worth digging into. It is a deeper cut. It is it is one that most bookstores will have to order. Or, you know, if you're browsing used bookshelf, it may also be one that you'll find there. But it's definitely one that, that's worth an afternoon. Go, Carrie. So I came to Lauren Groff with Florida. And so I, I think, think that's my favorite of hers, actually. I was chasing my own personal high from other authors that I have mentioned on here before of Samantha Hunt and her mother literature. Oh, like, have you read Monsters of Templeton? No, I haven't. Oh, you should I read that. that. Oh, I know. You should have read Monsters of Templeton before you read Florida. But Florida had just from. come out. So, oh, that's fair. I'm glad that, you read you know, Florida. <laughs> so much judgment and, at this point. I'm sorry. I'm, I was particularly interested in Florida because of my obsession with Karen Russell and her stories, her, her fanciful stories about Florida. So, And then Matrix came out, and I'm weirdly obsessed with fiction that has to do with nuns and religion and Joan of Arc and all of those things, which I don't necessarily talk about that often, but I have talked about on here before as well. So Matrix is a fantastic book. I actually might like Matrix more than Florida. That's um, fair. I'll stop being judgy and allow but, but they're so different to, to the point that Sam was making. Like, they're just very different books. And so I think the thing that I like about Lauren Groff is just that no matter what she's writing, I know it's going to be smart and and good. Like, I don't have to wonder, am I actually going to like this? Whatever it is, I'm going to like it. Um, So I, you know, I've talked about those other authors before, and I think that Samantha Hunt or Karen Russell would be somebody that you might also enjoy. But for today, I have the book Weather from Jenny Opal. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. I have not read it yet. My partner just finished it like yesterday. Oh, wow. So I think I might. So follows follows a, a young woman who has, you know, finished her her graduate degree and isn't doing all the things that she wanted to be doing, which she is working at a library at that same university and her side job is answering emails or letters or you know whatever for missives thank you for a podcast called hell and high water her, hmm? it was a dark path which is a very as the book says on the back here doom laden podcast and it's about it's for preppers essentially or leaning in that way because then the book follows lizzie the main character it follows her descent into going from you know this promising graduate student who is you know headed for for things down this really dark path where she falls into becoming a prepper not saying that being a prepper is a bad thing hmm? 
not saying that. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense the way that some things go. It's watching this person make these choices that you don't necessarily agree with. It's kind of watching a little bit of a train wreck. It's also funny. It's smart. So I think that this might be a different author to go to. I haven't read Department of Speculation. Oh, so that good. One. Yeah. I I've heard wonderful book. things about that one, too. So I think she might be a, a good side author to him, too. The question did say what or who. You all covered both of those really well. And so to some, because there was a lot discussed. Today, we discussed an answer to this Lauren Groth question. I talked about The Corner That Held Them by Sylvia Townsend Warner and Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. I'm suggesting The Need by Helen Phillips and The Lost Daughter by Elena Ferrante. I talked about Stone Arabia by Dana Spiota. And I talked about Weather by Jenny Opal. And with that, we end this episode. Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, CATV Upper Valley Media Community, and these three fabulous Upper Valley bookstores. Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you've got a reading dilemma, email us a question or send us a voice memo at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or contact any of these three fabulous stores using your preferred social media method. We are here to help your shelves. Thanks for being with us. See you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to this Jam podcast. If you have found this program interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content or learn how to produce your own media, please visit us at uvjam.org. That's uvjam.org.